Welcome back to the Juice Time Podcast. I'm your host, Noah Adamani. And across the screen from me tonight, folks, is the man himself, Central Iowa's finest, Nicholas Osen of 24-7 Sports. My brother, we have had an absolutely spectacular weekend in the NBA as free agency opened last week and my favorite basketball player on the planet earth zach levine has signed to a five-year 215 million dollar max contract with our beloved chicago bulls and i could not be more over the moon about it how you doing tonight my brother you know for many reasons i'm doing pretty well voice might sound a little different tonight definitely had a great weekend myself, seeing some some family and things like that. But, you know, your Levine tee-up is actually one of my favorite things so far, too, as you know from the constant messages in group messages and things like that. So we'll have to get into that more. Happy for the Bulls there. I appreciate it, Nick. You know very well that I've been glued to my phone since free agency opened up as my Bulls are making a killing. So, folks. Strap in for a wild one. And thank you, as always. Up. All right, Nick. As I just opened the show, I am elated for Flight 8, Zach Levine, to be with the Bulls for another five years, leading the franchise and becoming the highest paid player in franchise history the first ever Chicago Bull to sign a contract upwards of $100 million. So I genuinely can't believe I'm saying that about a two-time All-Star in Zach Levine. He's only 27 years old and on the way to leading this franchise into his 30s. So I couldn't be happier with this uh, coming down the pipeline a few days ago. And it just shows how invested the front office is in him as a leader and hopefully developing into an all-around player, not just the high-flying, sharp-shooting offensive scorer that we've come to know over the last few years. I want to hear your thoughts on the Max deal and where you think the Bulls are headed come October. Yeah, I believe that came you know, down the pipeline, as you said, Friday which was a busy day for me too, you know, breaking, breaking a couple stories and things like that. So that was exciting. We've been talking about this maybe for a year, certainly since last fall, you know, cousins involved, friends involved. And I'm sure there are people out there that kind of look at the overall Bulls situation like, okay, you know, they'll get to the playoffs. They'll maybe win a series and they're kind of capped out at that where, I disagree for a couple reasons. You know, one, they're obviously, though I don't think it'll happen, they've been a team linked to the Kevin Durant sweepstakes, which I know we'll touch on. And I'm a little bit interested in how you feel about that. I would guess I probably know how. But in addition, and it's unbelievable to me that Levine is the first player in his, in Chicago history to sign over 100 mil. It makes sense because of how the game's changed and you know, players like Jimmy and others going elsewhere. But 
I'm completely excited about it. There's not a single negative. Obviously, the Bulls are, you know, I'm not a diehard like you, but a team I really like and care about. Certainly want them to do well. Levine is a top seven or eight guy for me. And I just, I love that. Yeah, sure, they could offer him the most money, but he does feel like a guy that's embraced Chicago, certainly the fans, and, you know, ideally kind of the vibe and culture around the Bulls. So come this season, I've got him in a similar spot, probably in the four to six range, you know, in the East. I mean, I, I was texting our friend Kurt. I've got the Sixers. I'm going to buy low on them after all the Doc Rivers talk and Harden. I think they're going to be really good. I'll say that. Bucks will be healthy. And the Celtics, as of right now, are my uh, championship pick. So I think those three are high up for me. I'm not as afraid of Miami. And then I feel like, you know, I'm kind of thinking of a lot of teams around there, right? Bulls, Hawks. Raptors, we'll see if they get KD, but I think the East is going to be awesome again. And I figure the Bulls to be right in that picture to hopefully win one playoff series. Nick, I appreciate your positivity in terms of Zach Levine ingratiating himself within the city of Chicago. He has claimed that Chicago is his home, and I believe that to the fullest extent. And he is making a name for himself with the Bulls. He's become an all-star the past two seasons, and he pairs so well with DeMar DeRozan. When one of them is having an off night, the other can dominate offensively. We saw that, especially toward the back end of the regular season. And this was a statement move by the Bulls heading into the future. We know DeMar DeRozan is toward the end of his career. And Zach Levine is ascending to greatness and into the prime of his career. That is what people need to recognize is that he's been in the league since 2014 and he hasn't even reached his full potential yet. So that's what I'm most excited about with his max deal. But I am going to push back on the disrespect of the Bulls moving forward as... I see them as one of the contenders in the East. Of course, Boston could very well be right back in the finals next year. The Bucs will be healthy, and the Miami Heat always makes some noise. But I think Philly is heading in a backward direction, especially if James Harden stays on that team, which we don't know where he'll end up. I don't think he and Embiid will work well together over the course of an 82-game season. And the Bulls, especially with the Zach Levine signing, but also some of the pieces that they've added in free agency, they need to take a step forward. They are no longer the laughing stock of the East that they have been since 2017. They need to be in the conversation with the Bucks of the world and the Boston Celtics of the world. And from what we can tell now, the Nets are not going to be in the mix whatsoever if they ship out KD and Kyrie Irving. I'm truly ecstatic about the Zach Levine move, but I want to hear your thoughts on what I had to say in terms of where the Bulls will fall come playoff time next year and also the spectacular signings of two former All-Stars that happened over the weekend. 
Yeah, I mean, I was someone that was liking and defending the Bulls this past season when they were so high up. And, and granted, injuries happened, and I think, you know, DeMar DeRozan carried such a big load and things like that. I don't think anything I said was too disrespectful toward the Bulls, though. I, I think they certainly have to prove it to me, someone that likes them but watches and reads about a lot of NBA. I think that James Harden is certainly going to be back in Philadelphia as they're basically trying to build the Rockets 2.0, but with a star center. I mean, P.J. Tucker's there now. I believe the uh, Danwell House signing went down. And there's another recent Rocket that was that has been linked as well. So, yeah, I'm, I'm high on them, and if they're bad, I will eat it. You know Embiid is my guy, one of my absolute favorites. As for Chicago, I like the Drummond signing. Now, I like him as a player. I know you love him, but he's got to be not so much of a net negative on the defensive end. I think that's pretty fair to say. He's not, you know, DeAndre Jordan level right now. That surprised me how quickly he got signed. But Drummond's obviously on the way down a little bit. And then I, I believe the other formal all, former All-Star was the Dragon, Dragic. That's correct. And that I love. I can't believe that the Bulls got him and how cheaply they got him. Obviously, Vucevic was a big, you know, kind of aspect to that. I've seen that he kind of recruited him and things like that. I thought that Goran was going to be Ma- uh, Mavericks bound. So that surprised me. I love the depth. I texted you that and, and our cousin Hal, friend of the show. Um, I really do. I think that if the Bulls stay healthy, similar to the Celtics, but if the Bulls stay healthy, there's no excuse not to make it to April in the playoffs and potentially win a series. I, I'm not ready to call them a contender because of who I expect to do well for these other teams, but a series win to get to the last eight teams in the NBA would be enormous for what you've seen from, from this franchise the last, what, four to five years? I love your insight on these two signings that happened over the weekend, Nick, in the Drum Dog and the Dragon. But I will have to say I am far higher on Andre Drummond than the rest of the NBA fan base. Yes, he is no longer the 15-15 and player that he was in Detroit. I will be the first to recognize that. But if he's healthy and assumes his role as the backup center to Nikola Vucevic, I genuinely cannot see why, when he comes off the bench, he doesn't glassy all night and go for 10 points and 10 boards over the course of 20 to 25 minutes a game. If he can recognize his role as a backup center, and like you mentioned, not be a net negative on the defensive end, and just climb on that board and reach rebounds. That's all the Bulls signed him for, and they got him on the cheap, like you mentioned. $3 million this year and $3 million next year if he opts in. And Goran Dragic, battle-tested point guard in this league, played in the NBA Finals with the Miami Heat. He has been to the mountaintop and failed. He knows what it takes to get there. And he has a plethora 
of weapons in front of him in the starting five that can listen to his wisdom as a veteran and cross the threshold when it comes to playoffs. So I truly believe if Andre Drummond is healthy and can grab boards like we've seen in the past, he's only 29 years old, folks. Recognize that. He is so young in this league. He's obviously a monster in terms of his size, but if he can grab rebounds and Goran Dragic can be a rotational guard and impart his wisdom on the young guards, this team is poised for a run in the postseason. I will book it, see us in the second round, and hopefully beyond. I am truly stunned at the aggressiveness of the Bulls front office over the weekend. I don't think they're done signing players. And I know you asked me about Kevin Durant, Nick. Do I think the Bulls get him? Absolutely not. And if we were to go after him, that means at least three players are being shipped out. And more than likely, our next four first-round picks. Would it be an earth-shattering move? Absolutely. And I would be all for it. KD to Chicago means an NBA championship down the road. So would it blow things up? Absolutely. But as long as they can keep the core of Levine, DeRozan, and KD, keep calling Brooklyn all week long and make that happen. I know it's not likely, but the Bulls have been one of the three or four teams that have been serious about it. So Kevin Durant, I only see Larry O'Brien trophies in my future. I'll be honest, that's not what I thought you were going to say. And maybe you don't fully know. I mean, neither of us fully knows what the Bulls would have to give up. I think that you're overshooting with four first-round picks and, and kind of undershooting a little bit that they would still get to have Levine, DeRozan, and Durant. It'd be interesting. I mean, it's possible that they would keep that and then essentially lose everyone else, which I'll go on record as saying it. And I'm someone that my fandom for KD, though this is disappointing me, has increased the last three or four years. I don't think a team like Chicago does it. I don't think a team like Phoenix should do it. I think it makes sense for Miami. And I think Toronto has the perfect balance to do it. I think if KD gets traded soon, it will be to the Raptors, but I'll say it right now. And if I'm surprised, so be it. I don't think he's getting traded that soon. He's Kevin Durant. I don't rock with the Nets front office. I haven't even with getting all this. I thought, oh, this changing culture, let's get two stars and then kind of fleece everything else we've done. I haven't been with it, but I think Chicago is just building in such a good way because they do have some draft guys like P will like IO Kobe a little bit. He hasn't quite lived up to my expectations, but I really do think they've done it right. And I'm getting, you know, I'm smiling here, excited to watch this team because if Vucevic plays 75, 80% of what he can be offensively, they're a contender and defensively props to you. As you've noted on this show, that has to improve. They should with Lonzo. They still have AC. 
Drummond's at least a big body. Io can play on the wing, and you see maybe one more three and D guy, dude. I mean, I like, I like what they're doing as well, and I give major props to Acme, right? I believe that's the the acronym there in the Windy City because they backed up everything they've said. They talked about being aggressive, but unlike, I don't know, the Nuggets in the past or the Lakers with Genie sometimes, they've done it. Nick, you know I'm the first to say that I absolutely love the Bulls reloading through free agency and the draft and building on what was started last year with DeMar and Zach and even Vooch at times, but that was more so in the regular season, early in the regular season at that. But when you have a chance at a generational talent in Kevin Durant, you can't pass it up. I know the Bulls will not get him, but for conversation's sake, I am willing to blow up this roster if it means KD to Chicago. And he has even said, at least from reports, that he's only willing to go to a team with at least two all-star type players, which means a situation like Chicago with Levine and DeRozan, two current all-stars. Not has been, it's what have you done for me lately, and DeMar and Zach are two of the finest scorers in this league. And as we know, Kevin Durant is capable of just that, and they would be a three-headed monster offensively. Now, I know you usually call the questions, but, you know, we've hit on the big things we wanted to. And I'm curious because, you know, you've been hitting me up about this stuff and I've been so busy I couldn't go in depth. I'm not a boomer by any means, but I do feel there's a sanctity of the NBA. And one thing I always have to give each other respect to, even when you're you know, acting off base or we disagree on things. We grew up with the league before really anyone around us did. So what do you think of that mentality? If that report is accurate, which it very well may be that KD needs at least two all-stars to partner up with. Nick, that might be the greatest question of the night and greatest topic of discussion, because I could go on about this for hours. Hand up. I have not always been a fan of Kevin Durant, and this makes me like him less. I appreciated his battle against the Bucs last year in the playoffs, and it made me recognize his greatness. And I even didn't mind him in OKC. But when he went to the Warriors and teamed up with an already championship-caliber team, I thought it was the softest move in the history of basketball. And that is seemingly what he's trying to do in this offseason. He's under contract with the Nets. Maybe he doesn't want to be with Kyrie anymore. The Brooklyn experiment exploded when James Harden left. And this man is doing the same thing he did when he tried to leave OKC. But if it were to happen to my team, I'd only be benefiting because he is a once-in-a-lifetime talent. And... I truly believe that's the situation he's looking for, but he's only going to ask for what's best for him, and that would be a Miami or Phoenix. He wants to be in the warm weather, from what I understand, and he wants a shot at a championship. You're not going to get one in Phoenix, especially with Chris Paul out there, and 
I think the coolest move he could do, Nick, and I think you would agree, go back to where it all started in Oklahoma City, be the star of the show with some spectacular young talent around you. That would be the sweetest thing that KD could do, but he's going ring chasing. Yeah, I mean, this the time has flown on this, obviously, tonight, and I, I hope you enjoyed that natural discussion there. I don't see that happening. I think the coolest thing would be at this point for him to back off of it because we saw, and I don't, I'm not someone that questions these guys' character. I do think KD is like me in a way that it seems he like really thinks about things and, you know, can be sensitive about things, which I've loved and appreciated about him. I mean, people that listen to this know me generally. I like that about him. And I've moved past the Warriors thing because I had a front row seat to those series, essentially. And I'll be the first one to admit it. He was the best player in the world most of those games, not just on the Warriors. He was outshining my guy, LeBron, who I'm obviously repping right now. But I just think it's too early because even though Harden is gone, that guy was essentially, and the Bucs fans might not like this, and I give Giannis all the credit, so put that aside. He was essentially two inches from winning a title because they they obviously blow through that Hawks team if the Nets, you know, get to the ECF. And then they play the, the Suns, and, and you figure they win because of the way the Bucs demolished them late. So that's what I think. And I you didn't say anything, you know, too far either. I just – I think it's premature. And I think that there's something to, yes, I can't act too much holier than thou because LeBron has, you know, teamed up with stars. But when people bring that up, even people I respect on Twitter, you're lying. If you're saying he was not the best player every single freaking step of the way, he was, and he's been the best player in the world. And KD is that same level. I've said three guys are the best player in the world the last 15 years. LeBron, I finally said Durant in like 18, 19 with that Warriors team and Giannis at times. I never joined on the Kawhi train like you. I've never bought into the Steph number one. Jokic is getting close for me. I'll say it. I will. I mean, if he was a rim protector, he'd probably be number one. But you're Kevin Durant. You're the greatest scorer I've ever seen. In 20 years of watching Prime NBA now, and it's just disappointing. I texted our, our friend Taylor. I said, it's just disappointing, man. He's one of the best players you'll ever see. But I know I'm getting impassioned about this because it's just not the NBA we love. And it shouldn't be somebody every year. You got the Steve Nash. You got your man, Kyrie, who I've defended. I'll raise my hand there. Ben Simmons is a beautiful fit there. And it's just disappointing. I, I got no love for the Nets or anything, but, you know, at least give it a shot. You created it, you know? Nick, he certainly created it in Brooklyn. He was the first to go, and he recruited Kyrie three summers ago after Kyrie promised Boston that he was going to come back. So I will absolutely say what you mentioned there, wherever Kevin Durant goes, with the exception of the Milwaukee Bucks and the Denver Nuggets, he would be the best player on potentially the best team. He is that type of talent. He is the most dominant scorer this league has to offer right now, even in his early 30s. 
So if you were to go to a team like Miami, they would very well be in the Eastern Conference Finals, potentially the finals. But I just do not see the experiment that he's hoping for in Phoenix working because Chris Paul was a ghost in the playoffs. And there's only one basketball. Devin Booker needs to shoot the ball 20 times. And so does Kevin Durant. So that is a very difficult situation down there. And I know you mentioned Kyrie Irving, one of my least favorite athletes on the planet. I had it as a topic. I said, where will Kyrie and Kevin Durant play next season? It's pretty clear that Kyrie Irving is more than likely an L.A. Laker come October. And you should be absolutely over the moon about it as a LeBron and Lakers stand. LeBron stand because of that Lakers fan. You know, I mean, we'll, we'll keep it real. But I think there's only been one time I I ever really disagreed with with Kyrie in a real life thing. And that was the vaccine situation. I like that he thinks differently. You know, I like that he kind of realizes there is a world outside of basketball. But, yes, you do have to bring it. <laughs> I know I didn't realize how many people still hate the Lakers. But, yeah, even though we both like Russ, I know you love him. Kyrie is probably a, a four or five time better fit and, you know, a two or three time better player at this point. You'd have to kind of lock it up on defense, but man, the pick and rolls and, and pick and pops you could run with Kyrie, AD, and LeBron. And I'll say this real quick. I know we're, we're going long tonight, but it's been a lot of fun. I know you agree with this too, because as much as you've disliked him and at times hated him, you've generally given LeBron credit. If Kevin Durant ended up with the Lakers, which he's not, I'm just adding a little bit of a devil's advocate here. I think LeBron James might be the best player in the league next year, because I think this embarrassing season and what they've kind of dealt with, I'll say it. If it comes back to bite me, so be it. A lot of people around the league have high expectations for LeBron and AD health aside. Well, Nick, you had me hanging on every word until you said LeBron would be the best player in the league next year with Kevin Durant on the same roster. That is truly preposterous. I agree with you that a fire will be lit within the Lakers organization, but you would have to say that's Kevin Durant's team. It will always be LeBron's team as a leader, but when you talk about what's happening on the court, Kevin Durant would be the primary scorer, and LeBron would also get his 23, 24 points. And Anthony Davis might as well be sitting on the bench because those two would be putting up the majority of the points. But you talk about Kyrie Irving as a fit with the Lakers. There is no greater chemistry with a point guard and small forward that I've seen in the last decade than Kyrie and LeBron arguably my least favorite duo in the history of basketball. But he would be LeBron's sounding board out there. And again, with that duo, I could see Anthony Davis taking a backseat, especially because he spends 40 games a year on the pine. So your Lakers would be certainly in the championship conversation if Kyrie can commit to an 82-game season because 
he has sat out countless games when he's healthy. Partially because he decided against the league's rules and also because he lives in his own world. So if LeBron gets him to L.A., LeBron doesn't play any of that nonsense. If you're healthy, you're going to be playing. And so I could see the Lakers stepping into the forefront. But these are a lot of hypotheticals that excite me. Let's see something happen this week, maybe even into next week. I agree with you. I think Kevin Durant, that's going to take a little bit of time. But the Brooklyn Nets could not want Kyrie Irving off their roster soon enough. Nick, one of my all-time favorite NBA discussions we've had on this podcast, and I would be remiss if I did not mention the Joker as we round out this show here, signing the richest contract in the history of the sport. Five years, $270 million for the back-to-back MVP. I just want to say this. The center position is not dead in the National Basketball Association. Put some respect on his name. Thank you for tuning in, folks. Nick, all-time battle across the screen from you. This is a fun one. I I will say I think he's gotten his respect winning back-to-back MVPs. Not many can say that, but this is a fun one. The league absolutely respects him. What does the NBA fan base, most of the listeners of this show, do not? Educate yourself. He is the best offensive big man of his generation. And as always, Bear Down Forever.